How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Buns and Thighs podcast, hosted by Tim and Duncan. This is a personal trainer and company production. Welcome to the show and enjoy. If all right, so if you were asked what is the best way to lose fat before you met me, what would your answer be? Before I met you, I believe I was not only misguided, I, I really don't think I knew much of anything about fitness. Like I had basic ideas, but all of that had been based in kind of like trend, uh, trends or fad diets or things like that. So how to lose fat, I don't know. I probably would have said, oh, don't eat fatty foods. And I knew that sugar wasn't good, like sugar turns into fat or something like that. So that would have been my approach on the diet end. But as far as exercise goes, I don't know. I, I didn't really lift weights. I almost exclusively did cardio. But the one thing that I'd heard about that was that there was like a, a heart rate range where if your heart rate is within such and such, then that means you're in the fat burn zone. Um, but it also depends on your size and metabolism. I Basically, I knew nothing. I had a lot of ideas, none of them coalesced, and, and I didn't know how to make anything work. But I knew that by doing cardio, I shrank, like I got thinner. So that was my approach to burning fat. I'll just keep running. And if, if you were asked the same question now, so I am asking you now, what do you think the best way to lose fat is? Oh, I don't like you. Um, <laughs> no, it's because I, because I, I, I now feel like everything is starting to coalesce my understandings, but I still don't know if I could give too much accuracy, but here's what I will say is muscle need to have muscle. Uh, that is one thing that I have learned greatly is like, yeah, I can keep running the pounds off, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm losing fat or burning fat. So that's kind of one thing. And I think the approach to diet Actually, I'm going to fire that right back at you because one of the things that you started me out with that was just mind boggling to me was an incredibly high protein diet, which I had never done before. I, again, I maybe tried to reduce my carbohydrate intake uh, or at least the starchy things. So definitely no cake and no pastas and nothing white. That's basically what I was taught. So I had known to reduce those things, but until I started working with you, and you were saying, like, you should be trying to get in, you know, I'm sure you had lots of different reasons. So maybe you can explain some of those so that people listening don't just say, oh, I should do that. Because I think it also has to be maybe a little bit personally tailored or at least adaptive to what you currently, where you're currently at. But long story short, I had never eaten so much protein in my life. And there was a time at which I thought, uh, probably a couple months ago, like, are you sure, Tim? Like, I, I, I think I'm eating more than I've ever consumed in my entire life. And you're telling me that this is going to somehow result in a better body. Where <laughs> in me, in me losing weight. Yep. But strangely that, well, maybe not strangely. It was strange to me. It's not strange to you. But that's what happened. Like, I would, uh, we, we have a goal shirt. It's like the shirt that I wear when I want to see what my progress is like, because when you were looking at yourself shirtless in the mirror, it's kind of hard to tell. You're like, I think I'm making progress, but you put the shirt on that didn't fit three months ago. And you're like, holy shit, it's roomy now. Then that was kind of my indicator that I'm eating more than ever before, but the shirt fits and now there's room. And this is insane to me because I'm consuming so much, but it's like the right foods that are fueling my body in the right way to help me burn fat. 
So maybe you can clean that up a little bit and save the smart people things in there. <laughs> well, um, so when it comes to how much protein you're eating, right? Let's, uh, mm -hmm. let's first talk about that. Um, and you were saying that it is tailored to, you know, like in the individual. It is. The easiest way to really tailor it towards you is just measure yourself on like a Renfo scale, something that uh, measures your body fat percentage. Multiply that by your actual body weight. That'll tell you how much fat you have. And then subtract that from your body. And that's how many uh, grams of protein you should have a day. Now, mm -hmm. the reason why um, eating so much has resulted in you losing fat is that when you are I'm, I'm not the type of trainer that says okay you can't eat this you can't eat that you you should not do this i try to give you goals and things that you should obtain and if you do obtain those you're not going to have room for anything else so the amount of new uh red meat is one of the most nutrient uh dense protein or nu nutrient dense substances known to man red meat uh, like carnivores lifts, lifts strictly off of meat. They have secondary uh, energy source, they have secondary nutrition, all jam-packed inside muscle. And so when you eat that, you're actually gaining a lot of vitamins and minerals that you wouldn't really get on a plant-based diet. There's a lot of things, especially amino acids, uh, that you're gonna get in order to build that muscle, in order to raise your metabolism, in order to lose fat. So just the protein eating alone is a giant step towards anyone with the goal of losing fat. Let's say, for example, a 225 pound man and they're chunky, right? Let's say that they're 30% uh, body fat. Okay, you take 0.3 times 228, take that result and minus 228, and then eat that much in grams of protein. And then that alone is actually gonna make you eat less because protein is the most satiating, meaning it makes you full faster it's the most satiating uh substance uh, out of the brand, carbs fat and protein protein is the most satiating you'll get full off of a very small amount of food with that is high in protein because mm -hmm. it is so filling carbs are actually designed the opposite carbs are uh not the enemy by the way let's not let's not get on that <laughs> in that direction carbs are not the enemy but carbs are also designed especially processed carbs processed foods to make you as hungry as possible so like it's not designed to fill you up it's designed for you to eat actually more so you can store energy in the body you can't store protein and that's why it's it it is so satiating because the body recognizes it and it's like all right well it's here uh are we using it no okay all right well crap it out <laughs> that's, that's basically how your body handles protein um so can you tell me about your experience with eating so much and losing weight uh, where you're worried about it, where there's like a middle ground, and then uh, now? Um, so a couple things. Firstly, I want to backtrack to when I, what, what kind of scale is that? The kind where it like tells you your body composition? Uh, so I use a Renfo scale. It's not the most accurate, but it's consistently inaccurate. So you can, it's going to always be like, for example, 8.22222 off. And so whatever you're, fat percentage is when you're on there it's probably not your fat percentage but you'll be able to know if it goes up or down okay it's called 100%. a renfo scale r-e-n-p-h-o and uh it syncs to your app uh renfo app and it, it tells you your body fat percentage is like 26 bucks on amazon uh we're not okay. sponsored by that but you know 
<laughs> so initially back in December, which I think we had, we kind of barely started. I think my official uh, tenure with you started in January, but I had had like a session or two with you in December. I was doing some yeah. traveling and that's why I think we decided to wait. But I remember I went to a gym in Albuquerque. That's where I'm from for all of the viewers. Um, anyway, I'd gone back home to Albuquerque and I went to a gym that had one of those and it had all the sensors and I grabbed a hold of everything. And I had to be barefoot and stuck my feet on that. <laughs> and the numbers came back. And I was like, I think literally like 33% body fat. And I was horrified. I, oh gosh, I was horrified. And I was like super depressed after that simply because I thought like, I'm literally two thirds of a person. A third of it is fat and the rest is, you know, actual flesh and blood. And I know that's not actually how that works. Like you need a little bit of body fat, that type thing. But it still was sobering to see the numbers that high <laughs> so that sucked um but secondly um oh where was i going with that so yeah seeing the numbers that really sucked but one of the things that made me i'm, I'm gonna backtrack and kind of bring it back around but uh one of these days i'll tell the full story on here about how i even kind of came to get a personal trainer but we'll skip all of that and come to i'd set up an appointment with you and you were the first person that I was going to meet with in town in Colorado Springs. And it was a Zoom meeting. And the type of stuff that you were just saying about all that, you were there. That is pretty much why I canceled all of my other <laughs> consultations with other people because I thought, holy crap, this guy knows his stuff. So, um, and I think that goes hand in hand with when I saw the numbers and saw, wow, I am a third fat I, again, I was a little bit depressed about that for a while, but I was talking with you kind of hand in hand through all of this. And what I had realized was, okay, me in my wisdom and all of the various things that I had thought about losing weight or burning fat or all of that, that has gotten me into this position where I am not in good shape. But this guy, you, Tim, you know your stuff. So really all I need to do is listen be a good student. And even if I do have maybe not skepticism, but because I think skepticism kind of has an attitude along with it, like, hey, you need to prove yourself to me. And you had already proved yourself to me through just the depth of your knowledge. But I think there was still a little bit of hesitation on my part because it was so new. I had never eaten the way that you were telling me that I should be eating. But I knew that you had the results. Um, for yourself, because I know that you had gone through a fitness journey where you weighed quite a bit more than you do now and had to lose that. And through your other clientele, through just your base knowledge. So I think that's what gave me the confidence to say, okay, what you're telling me does not make sense to me. I, I have no clue how I'm going to consume this much sidebar real quick. any it given is a day. Sidebar real quick. It is a really hard sell to tell somebody that's coming to me. It's never met me before uh they're like oh yeah i'm just i eat so much and i'm overweight and i really want to lose fat and uh i need usually it's 30 pounds um i need to lose 30 pounds and i'm like all right cool so i need you to eat more and uh they're like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, are you crazy <laughs> like get out of here but i think um one of my previous experiences that i haven't really i don't know how much i've even talked with you about it let alone on the podcast because we're just starting out but one of my previous experiences was that when I was about 20, maybe 21, I did lose a lot of weight. And um, 
it all started because I went on a cruise with my family and I was so embarrassed. I didn't want to take my shirt off. But that was kind of the catalyst for me to really start trying to lose weight. And what did I do? I started eating half what I ate before. Um, I didn't really change my diet. I didn't really cut things out or implement this, but I just ate half and I started running. And so I think I bring this up because I had already lost a lot of weight. Um, technically, I had lost 90 pounds, but we're not going to get there. I'll get there another time. Anyway, I lost a lot of weight. But what I had realized in recent years, kind of gaining most of it back was, okay, I may have lost like pounds, but that does not mean necessarily that I was improving my health. So I think kind of to your point about people being taken aback when you say things like you need to eat more. They're like, what? No, I need to cut down on my calories. For me personally, I had already tried it one way and gone, well, the pounds came off, but nothing else about my health improved. And I think that was kind of the hopeful I was yeah. gonna say humility, but I always think it's a little weird when people brag about their humility. It's like, are you really humble if you have to brag I about it? But I do most think most humble in this entire world. <laughs> but I do think that it was a little bit of humility on my part to say, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, and you do. So you tell me to do something, even if it runs a little contrary to what I have previously come to understand about health and fitness, then I will do it. And the more that I followed kind of the path that you were laying out for me. And the more that I saw results from it, that definitely empowered me to say, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. Now, so, um, real yeah, quick go. For, our, for our listeners, the, um, the path that he's talking about is really simple. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create like a kind of like a timeline up in the air right here. So first things first, let's say you're overweight and you're wanting to lose weight. Um, you don't know where to go. First, you prioritize protein and do not not eat carbs. Okay, so don't cut out carbs. You never want to cut out a macro. If, it, if there is a uh, nutritionist or a doctor telling you, yeah, you should probably cut out your carbs to lose weight, that's, that's, not, that's not the avenue. What you need to do is build muscle. Now, and especially women as well. Uh, there is a lot of, I have a client right now. Uh, she was about 145, 145 pounds. And... Uh, she is now 130, lost 15 pounds, but she gained uh, weight initially through uh, gaining muscle, but then her metabolism rose. That This is the second little, second avenue. First avenue is gain muscle. Second avenue is because of gaining muscle, your metabolism has heightened. So you are worth more calorically. You are a more expensive date every single day. So let's say instead of where she was at, which was probably 1,100 calories a day, uh, burning as her basal metabolic rate basal metabolic rate meaning her baseline what she costs to exist in a coma just have her body matter in space is cells that burn energy so that's her basal metabolic rate it was probably around 1100 it's now um she eats around 1900 calories and she's still in a deficit so she's probably in the 2100 range her basal metabolic cool. rate has gone up about probably 600 and then also on top of that her routine has gone up uh through working out because when you work out and lift for another three days you're building muscle and that costs calories on top of that so it's like making an investment for three days and then over that three days 
it's worth about a thousand calories for that one hour. Instead of running off 300 calories in that one hour, you do a full body workout and that's about a thousand calories right there over a span of three days due to that one hour. That's a way more valuable hour than just going for a jog or going on the treadmill for an hour. So mm-hmm. first one, build muscle. Second one, prioritize on lifting up your metabolism. And building muscle is not the only way to build your metabolism. Eating more, uh, you actually build your metabolism. Uh, prioritizing higher protein, that actually builds your metabolism. Prioritizing sleep, or getting a better sleep routine, getting more sleep. I know me and Duncan talk about this almost weekly. <laughs> and, uh, I got a good night's sleep last night, by the way. Nice. <laughs> so that probably uh, helped today. And there are a couple of things. Uh, lifting full body. So instead of just prioritizing uh, just bicep curls or tricep extensions, like I see a lot of the, uh, the high schoolers at the gym do, uh, you want to do full body lifts like squat, deadlift, bench press, row, um, compound big lifts, weighted cable sit-ups where you're lying down and you're pulling a cable as hard as you can and doing like five of them instead, or three to five of them, uh, where... It's a lot of your body working together. More muscle together on the same lift equals higher testosterone, higher metabolism, even for females. So women should not shy away from this kind of lifting. It's going, you get, you will not turn into a Russian Helga or wake, <laughs> up, wake up one day and be like, ah, like I'm, a, I'm massive, I'm a man. It's, it's not gonna happen, I promise. And I'm not saying that uh, condescendingly. I have um, I've met many women who, when I approach them with this uh, strategy, where it's eating more protein, lifting heavy things, there's like, I don't want to get manly and bulky. I was like, ma'am, all due respect, you have no idea how hard female competitive, competitive bodybuilders will work to look like that. And I promise you, I can tell you right now, you don't have the genes for it. And so you will never be in that, in that situation. And if you did have the genes for it, that means that once you got to the spot that you wanted and you didn't want to go further, you just stop. You just go on maintenance mode. It's a really good problem to have. But mm-hmm. kind of went on a tangent there. Uh, so muscle, you mind if I tail off of that? higher metabolism. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, muscle, higher metabolism. And then every now and then a very high caloric burn sidebar. So two weeks of just hitting it, cardio, drop, uh, drop your, de- uh, your food intake, going into a deficit. Uh, so it's like, a, it's like a roller coaster. You tick, 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 go down and then come up. And then the very end is at the bottom. Uh, that's cool, actually, cool. Uh, that, that is the Krabby Patty formula. That's, <laughs> that's the secret formula right there is bring up your metabolism and then every now and then test it with a high cardio sidebar or you can just change your reps you don't if you're in a hurry you can use those sidebars or you can just explore another avenue of lifting you can just keep bouncing around your back uh you can keep bouncing around to different types of lifting and master the skill of lifting because there are so many different ways of lifting it's it's a lot to explore uh, go ahead duncan so um i wanted to kind of tail off of your tangent Although I, um, I'm trying to remember what exactly I was going to say. So I'm just going to start talking and see if I get back on track. That's a way to, that's, that's the way to do it. <laughs> it has nothing to do with 
Jose. Jose was back in Albuquerque, just an extra random sidebar that has nothing to do with fitness. Get this foolishness. When I lived in Albuquerque, I owned a house, three yeah. bedroom, two bathroom. Mortgage was nine fifty a month. That's that makes me cry considering now that I live here and I'm like nine fifty. No, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. Why I don't think I could find anything like that here. Anyway, unless it was like a Shoot. cracker jack box. I'm looking at a mortgage of like an average of like twenty one hundred right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, I'll tell you about that afterwards. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I bring that up because I I had a tenant. So when quarantine happened and I. I kind of had this weird phase where I threw a bunch of stuff away or burned it. I had a lot of bonfires. My neighbors probably thought I was crazy. They might've been a little bit right, but essentially I suddenly had like a lot of extra room. So I thought, oh, I might as well rent out a room. And I rented a room to this guy named Jose. And I had met him because I was at planet fitness back in like 2019. And he came up and was saying he worked there and he was saying like, man, you're going to hurt yourself doing lunges like that. Let me show you a different way. And I was so stuck up at the time. I was like, no, I know how to do lunges, man. Like go away. <laughs> I don't know. I sounded like a California surfer dude, but I did let back then apparently. And strangely through that, he, he actually was persistent and said, nah, like he went away and then saw me continuing to do it. And he was like, no, let me, let me help you with that. And I sucked it up. I let him show me some stuff and um, I tried them his way and it actually felt better. It didn't strain as much in certain areas. So that actually began, maybe not a friendship necessarily, but like a, an acquaintanceship at least. So uh, yada, 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 long story short, we do, he does eventually move in. He is my tenant. And there were times that we would like just go out to dinner. Like, Hey man, it's, it's a Friday night. I don't have anything planned. Um, we would always go on like these taco truck runs cause Albuquerque and Mexican food. That's another topic. Also how Colorado Springs will get there later. Their understanding of Mexican food is very inadequate, but we would go on these like taco truck runs and we would hit up a couple different taco trucks. And I bring this up because, or maybe we'd go to like a little hole in the wall Mexican place. I bring this up because I remember looking at the volume of food that this guy could eat. And he was, he was trim and he, oh my gosh, he was trim. He was buff, even like he had a six pack. And I remember just looking like, wh how, why, how in the world do you even eat that much? Right, like where are you putting it? Like, how are you not where are you putting 350 it? pounds and, and but you're, yeah. you're, you have abs. Yeah. Like, I don't even, I don't even eat half of what he was eating. And I was like getting, either full or being like, I should stop or that type thing. So that I remember why I brought that up because you were talking about the one client that you had who uh, like right now is like, she's what, like 145 pounds and she's eating like, or I think consuming. Now she's around uh, 130. Holy mother. But she's doing like 1900 calories. And yeah. when I was like focused on counting calories, cause that's another thing you do when you don't know much about fitness. So I just, you know, I can eat this. It's a truffle. But it like, you know, I don't get to eat dinner, that type of thing. You make bargains like that. So when I was in that phase, I was still trying to keep it under like 1,800 calories or actually, no, I was trying to keep it under like 1,200, which was like really, really difficult. And then I look at this guy who is a foot shorter and a stick and has abs and is like in perfect shape. And I'm just like, how in the world are you able to eat this much? So that was actually one thing that you were talking to me about before I had technically signed on as your client and I'm going to get the terminology wrong. So again, you can help me clean that up later, but essentially you would set, what's the term like where you're 
your metabolism is such that you're burning a lot. Like you said it, but I can't remember the term. Uh, wait, your metabolism is a lot. Oh, you're in a deficit. Not that you're in a deficit. It's uh, we'll figure the term out later. Essentially, like your capacity or the amount that you burn in any oh, given your, your basal metabolic rate. That, um, that's what you had been talking to me about. Like, you know, if we, you know, build muscle and you're doing strength and all of these types of things, then you're probably going to be able to eat a heck of a lot more because your body's going to be using it appropriately. And you're not going to have to play the counting calories game because you're going to need to give yourself a lot more fuel. And I thought that I want that because I get so, I'm just getting so <laughs> tired. Like, you said eat more. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just, go. It gets, it gets maddening when you're like out at dinner and you're like, uh Oh, it's an Italian place. And I, they brought a bread basket. And now I have to say no. And again, not to say like, oh, yes, shovel all the bread down. But on the same token, the idea of your body being structured in such a way and you creating that structure in such a way that you do burn more, that was, again, mind-boggling mind to me. And that was also something very attractive to me. Well, let me ask you this. Do you eat more now? Probably. It's been a few months since I've kind of been on this. So I, I try to remember what I was eating pull it back, back then. You know, I'll say yes, because I was logging my breakfast this morning and it was something like, I don't know, like six or 700 calories or something like that. And back in the day, that would have been horrifying to me. I would have been like, no, I have to keep it at 300 because otherwise I won't like, I won't be able to have meals later on in the day. So literally like for breakfast, I would eat like a protein bar and it was 180 calories. And maybe, maybe if I was getting really edgy, I would do like two eggs with Pam because Pam was technically calorie free, but it doesn't stick and all that good stuff. So yeah, I was trying to keep my breakfast alone at like two to 300 calories max. And now I'm like logging and I'm like, oh, it's like 700, but you know, I'm getting my, uh, my macros in and, and I still have a certain amount. So I'm not too concerned about it. So yeah, I'd say I'm eating more. Good. Well, all right. So with uh, resistance training, um, on the nutrition side of like wh why you should eat more, how it affects your nutrition, how it affects how hungry you are. It makes you very hungry. Uh, so that's not really a problem. Um, let me ask you this and also your metabolism. Uh, what have uh, you learned mindset wise from all of this, all of the skill-based training, all of the uh, very technical um, lifting and also especially the mobility training like what what have you learned uh, have you learned any like mindset lessons or any anything like towards like let's like for example like discipline or acceptance things like that no not really no i'm just kidding i'm trying to whittle it down into something a little bit more manageable oh that's a really big question i guess oh where to begin um, firstly, I have learned that there are definitely like goalposts along the way, but as far as like health and fitness are concerned, there's no end goal. Does that make sense? It's not like I will wake up in two years time and say, that's it. I hit my goal. I can stop now. Like, yeah. no, it's continuous. But I think that was also very helpful to understand because if it's continuous, then it means that. I tend to be a little bit on the perfectionist side, or at least I'm recovering from being a perfectionist. 
And I think that that kind of mindset can be really harmful in this fitness journey because um, if you think back like a month ago or several weeks ago, we were doing some mobility training and I was getting pissed because my ankles kept caving in and I kept getting like, God damn it, why don't my ankles do what I want them to do? And now I tend to think in terms of like, well, because I'm not there yet. Like it is ongoing. It is a process. I am not perfect yet. Who says that I'll ever be perfect? And I think that's part of the mindset that I am still learning is you have to be adaptive and understand that you're never getting off of this fitness journey. Or if you do, <laughs> then, you know, you're going to inflate or something. But because it is ongoing, I think I'm repeating myself now, but because it is ongoing, it means that I don't have to master something right now. And just because I was able to lift this amount of weight yesterday and what gives, I can't lift it today. It's like, well, yeah, that happens. And there's a host of different factors that go into why maybe you're not lifting the same today as you were yesterday. And it doesn't have anything to do with getting weaker. I mean, maybe, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with that. And I think that's just it is having a little bit more patience uh, with the journey, especially with myself and understanding that, just because I'm not perfect at something now doesn't mean that I won't be in a month. But it also means that in a month when I do master something, that's not the end goal. It continues to steamroll onward. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. The reason why I segued into, uh, into mindset lessons is people don't understand um, what this journey is whenever they start it. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they don't understand the things that they're going to benefit from. They think it's just going to be, uh, I'm going to lose 15 to 30 pounds and my life will be better and I'll be happier uh, because I'm uh, slimmer or more in shape and more attractive. And um, that's really, that's mostly what um, free clients uh, come, come to me with and come to a personal trainer with is that kind of mindset. Like, I want to lose weight and that will make me happier or healthier and therefore happier. And what they don't understand is they're, they're starting something with a good trainer. They are starting something that is going to affect every single other aspect of their, of their lives for the mm -hmm. rest of their lives. And it's going to change them fundament, fundamentally as a person. Like I never thought that um, going down this road, I would learn the amount of acceptance that I cannot control um, everything. That, that, kind of, that kind of lesson is huge when it comes to uh, somebody who, remember like when we're trying to do uh, some, when we were addressing uh, some ankle mobility and uh, lower body mobility um, workouts in the beginning where you weren't getting them at first and you're just like, why isn't this working? I was like, well, honestly, the attempt at this is, is, the, is the best thing for this right now. You're not going to get this in one day. This is not a one day thing. This is, uh, is going to, because this is one of your problems, this is probably a lifelong um, issue that you're going to have, which is breaking a pattern that creates, um, it's called overpronation, but your ankle's caving in whenever you put pressure on your ankle. And that's going to affect the rest of your, um, the rest of your kinetic chain, all the way from your ankles, the bottom of your toes, your knee to your hip up your spine to the back of your neck, even the way that you sit, everything is affected by that one thing in your ankle. And um, that, big of a, that big of a permanence inside your body that has been there for a very long time because of your routine is not gonna be fixed 
in this one session. And I think it took you a few sessions to realize that. And you actually brought it up and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but yep. yeah, there, there's so many life lessons that can be learned from uh, just entering a gym and without a personal trainer, entering a gym and trying to get good at the skill of lifting so many benefits uh for example i wish uh i'm not i'm not gonna last i already already did this but i wish i had a good trainer back when i was 15 because when i was 15 that's when i first started and my dad brought me to the gym he's like all right there you go <laughs> so i was like uh, okay and so I, was, I went straight to the dumbbells like any 15 year old would and i'm just like all right bicep curls yeah what, what i was just thinking bicep yeah, curls bicep was the curls. only thing that i do it <laughs> yeah. while yeah. looking in the mirror yeah do some do some uh dumbbell press and bench press and then i'll go over and i'll just try everything out and uh looking back i was i had no idea what i was doing and then i the, the whole like gym bro knowledge that get that gets passed down from the big man in the gym to the uh what's it called dude bros <laughs> the the future frat boys of america uh and then they pass it down to their friends and then it's just this bro knowledge just going all over the place and it's like oh no you gotta lift like this so that you know you can get the tricep at a certain angle and they sound convincing that's where that's where myths and uh and mal information uh spreads is that somebody that is very good at sales or sounds convincing tells something yeah. that they heard because they believe it they believe in their own perception of what they've been told. And so they're going to spread it. And honestly, that's dangerous <laughs> to put it lightly. It, it, it's what causes people to not know what they're doing and also think that they know what they're doing and then get hurt um, down the road. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I just want to touch a little bit on the mindset lessons that you can get from. And we're honestly, I, I think this is a whole uh, pot, like an, a whole episode of, worth of information i feel like mindset would be a whole mini series within the podcast yeah. like i could keep going you could keep going we should keep going but uh another time oh i do want to give one more example um yeah the, go for the, it the um small victories versus final win so most people come to me and they're like i want to lose 30 pounds that's my goal and i'm like all right We'll figure it out <laughs> like honestly whenever they come to me and they're like i want to lose 30 pounds i'm like well, all right we'll see about that all right because like we said before um gaining muscle and losing fat you're not going to lose much weight the weight oh. the scale itself means nothing at all whatsoever could i could i chime in real quick before you uh yeah go ahead cool just the idea of that that was also something that i i didn't know how to think about it correctly but i knew that my current thinking was not correct and it's because um, when I came to you, I weighed like two, yeah, I was 226 and I'm 6'1". I think I'm 6'2 now. I think I finally, because I used to be 6'2". And I think- spine a little bit. I, I, yeah. I think I've gotten a little taller. Cool. But anyway, so let's say that I'm 6'2 and I weighed 226. So okay. whenever I would like talk to people about that, they would generally say, oh, well, you're fine. Like that's an appropriate weight for you. And I'm like, I have a double chin. I have love hand. I, I'm not just like nitpicky about it. Like I have overhang. Like I'm not in good shape. So I think that was something I even came to you about 
about like, how much weight do you want to lose? Or I don't think you would have asked me that, but in my mind, I'm thinking, how much weight do I want to lose? And the answer is, I don't know, because I want to build strength. And I understand that if I start to shift my body composition around, my weight's going to do things that I don't know how to anticipate. So I don't know how much weight I want to lose because I don't know what I am like with muscle. That's so, actually one of the reasons why I was excited to train you. Cause like, you didn't come to me with a number. You, you were just like, I want to get in shape. I want, and that's actually a much better goal than I want to lose a specific number of pounds. And uh, anyways, keep going. No, no, that, that was just it. Is that I, it's what I was thinking of when you were talking about how people come to you and say, Oh, I want to lose 30 pounds. When myself, I was like, I don't know how much weight I want to lose. I don't have a number in mind because I don't have a specific number, but I do have a specific look. Like, does that make sense? I, I yeah. maybe not a specific look because I think that that gets into aesthetics and that can be a little bit of a slippery slope as well. But I had the kind of activities that I wanted to do. You know, I had like attributes that I wanted to have, like not waking up sounding like a bowl of Rice Krispies. Like I was always crackling every time I would wake up. And I wanted to be able to run around and play with my nephews. And I saw, sorry, mom and dad, I love you. But I saw some of the health things that are happening kind of to my parents as they were approaching their 70s. Like, oh, the shoulder's out. Oh, I need a new hip. Uh, she, mom doesn't, but she had yeah. a knee replacement. And I'm starting to look at that and go, I need to fix my body. Because yeah. otherwise, I'm Real... going to be an old person saying, oh, I guess this just sucks getting older. Real quick, um, you mentioned your family. Can you uh, touch a little bit on um, what you told me before about how your family history with your ankles and knees and like what you've developed since then, knowledge-wise? Yes. Mom and Dad, if you ever listen to this, I love you. I'm not trying to be critical of you. <laughs> I love you. But actually, I'm going to go back to what you were this saying is, about... This is a chance that you can actually educate them with. Damn right, I can. Um, listen up, mom and dad. I'm going to tell you what's going <laughs> But, but uh, back when you were talking about, like, you wish that you would have had a trainer when you were, like, 15 because you weren't doing fitness right or you right. didn't yeah. learn how to. That was not. <laughs> when I was 15, I looked at all of the fit people and just assumed, oh, they have better genes. And I guess maybe there are genetic predispositions one way or the other. But I thought that fitness was unavailable to me. I really did. You're, you're I, I had been thinking, by the way, a lot of people oh, I know. are in that trap. So, so I guess that's kind of how I was raised. Like I said, I love you, mom and dad. But it was always stuff like, oh, well, in this family, we just got bad joints. It just is what it is. And, oh, you got the Gutierrez, Gutierrez, you got the Gutierrez knees. Um, you know, your grandpa had a knee replacement. Your grandma had, a, actually, I think grandpa had double. Your grandma had a knee replacement. Your uncle had a knee replacement. Your aunt had a knee replacement. Your mom had a knee replacement. And I'm like, I, I don't want one. Can I get out of this line? But the way that I was kind of raised was, no, you can't. It's just your genetics. You, Duncan, you better give up. I mean, you're, you're never going to look a certain way. You're never going to be shaped like a Dorito, like a wannabe. <laughs> you know, big, bulky, whatever. So I think that was... That's something that I've also had to get over. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've quite gotten over it. There's some days I wake up and I look and I'm like, I'm still jiggly. It's always going to be this way. And I'm like, wait, Duncan, your gut used to be out to here. Your gut is now over here. Give it about four months more and see what happens. Give it a year more. But I think overcoming that bad mindset of I can't do this because I'm genetically predisposed to failing and being fat for the rest of my life and out of shape. Like that was, that was big. Oh, and that my knees are always going to, you know, cave in. Yeah. 
Hey, you told me um, that your uh, your family walks a certain way, where they're kind of duck footed and they waddle. And uh, I love you, mom and dad. <laughs> a, lo a lot of them, uh, a lot of them do this, and uh, that is a family learned yeah. habitual trait, and that will actually cause um, deformity in the mm -hmm. uh, skeleton posture. So the postural um, like kinetic chain of your leg is based on how you sit, how you walk, your routine of what muscles do you rely on to actually do a movement multiple times every single day throughout your entire life. And your, your bones literally turn and shift inside you to accommodate for that routine. And a lot of families, they walk a certain way. I, I have another client right now. Um, he, uh, he is in the military and he um, is duck footed like like really dumb and it's because okay. it's because of like five years of doing the same job over and over again and he has to like climb uh a certain thing like he's done he's done it for years and he has learned to be duck footed and now his hips are so tight that he can't do a squat um where he he, he actually literally has to bend over all the way to get into a low squat and so we're working on that by untightening the inside muscles of his hips but um, it's routine. It's a lot of it is routine. And uh, anybody listening that has bad hips, joints, or I'm sorry, hips, knees, ankles, um, a back pain, uh, neck pain, chronic pain in uh, places that shouldn't be there. And um, you think that it's just out of the range of possibility that you can get rid of that. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not. Uh, mm -hmm. But this is about all the time we have. It's uh, 531. I know we had a little bit of trouble in the beginning of this podcast, technically, uh, techn technology-wise, uh, but we will definitely have that fixed by, uh, by next video. So, uh, like before, I'm going to do an outro. This is like the second outro I've ever done, so please forgive me. But this is the uh, Buns and Thighs podcast. It is, a, it is a personal trainer and company production. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Duncan. And podcast out. Bye, everybody. Uh, oh, one more thing. You can find all of this information uh, on... We do, I do a lot of blog posts. I do a lot of uh, posts on my Facebook page and the website. We're putting all of our podcasts on YouTube. Or we're going to be on Spotify. Um, if you search on any of the platforms, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, all that, personal trainer and company. And then also the website is personaltrainerandcompany.com and it has links at the top to all of those socials. So peace out.